Hello and welcome to the Libertarian Podcast. I'm your host, Troy Sinek, joined as always by the Libertarian himself, Professor Richard Epstein, Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institution as well as Professor of Law at NYU and Senior Lecturer at the University of Chicago. Today, Paul Manafort and the Russia investigation. And Richard, the day before we're recording this, we got official confirmation. We knew there was an indictment coming from Robert Mueller's Russia investigation. It was confirmed with 12 counts filed against Paul Manafort and his associate Richard Gates. Manafort, of course, was Donald Trump's campaign manager for a time last year. Um, let's just start with the charges themselves, Richard. They include conspiracy, money laundering, failing to register as foreign agents and making false statements. What's the context here? What, what are Manafort and Gates actually accused of doing wrong? Well, what they're accused of doing wrong is stuff which has no relationship to the Trump campaign. The single most important feature associated with this is that all the events in question took place before 2014, and that was the time at which the Trump campaign had not yet started. Uh, so uh, the indictment is surprisingly specific in the number of money laundering transactions. Essentially, what they did is when Manafort and Gates got paid, they sent the money to places somewhere in the Caribbean, to Cyprus and so forth, set up phony accounts and then ship the money back to themselves to pay off bills for their rather lavish style. Uh, the thought that this is fabricated, which seems to be the position that uh, Manafort has taken, seems very remote. Uh, if you look at the indictment, there are pages, several pages of detailed transcriptions of this payment and this amount from this party on this day. Pretty hard to imagine all of that stuff. Uh, so it looks as though the case of, against them is very strong in terms of its merit. And none of this stuff, however, oh, the second part is, and since they were getting this money by working ostensibly for the Ukrainian government, the, the pro-Russian faction at the time, uh, they probably had to register as a foreign agent. The big news on this, actually, is it brought down Tony Podesta uh, because his consulting firm was on the receiving end of some of this stuff, which meant that they were involved in these transactions. And if Manafort was engaged in a transaction that got him caught up with the registration laws, then so did Podesta and his company. And Podesta resigned effective today, I think it was. Uh, so it's quite clear there's a lot going on in this particular case, and we have not heard the rest of it. The last of it. The troublesome thing is why it comes through Mueller. Once you look at this particular situation, there are two possible ways of thinking about this. One is this is all that he has on these particular guys. He shot his wad. And if that turns out to be the case, then there's no reason for this to stay in his office. You could refer it over to the regular channels inside the Department of Justice for a prosecution, which is then going to be separated emotionally and legally from everything going on in the Trump. The other view is... Uh, that uh, this is a situation where you're just looking at Act 1 of a multi-act play, and there's something else in those unsealed indictments which would make this thing look a bit more juicy and would link it up to the Trump campaign. My inclination is to think that the first scenario at present is more likely, because generally speaking, if a prosecutor has a real bombshell, uh, they're not going to hold it back for a second round. And if it turns out that the investigation is still ongoing and they're not sure which way it's coming out, there's no reason to rush the publication. So my guess is that's probably all they have on Manafort. It shows that he's a worthless man, and paradoxically it shows that Trump was a fool for hiring him, but at least had the good sense to fire him before he could do any more damage. So I think that the indictment is likely to stick. I don't think it's going to cause much legal difficulty 
difficulty uh, with respect to Trump, at least as things are presently known. But again, we're in a very fluid situation and surprises always abound. Let me ask you a question for a moment there, Richard, about uh, Robert Mueller's involvement here. The editorial board of the Wall Street Journal has been saying that Mueller, as a longtime veteran of the FBI, former director of course, is too close to the institution to run an impartial investigation. And this lately has been compounded by the fact that it's now being alleged that the Clinton campaign financed the document containing this famous dossier that alleged all kinds of salacious behavior by Trump that Russian intelligence was supposedly going to be able to use to blackmail him. And there is some thought that that material, which was essentially campaign opposition research, might have formed the basis for the FBI investigating the Trump campaign in the first place and going to the FISA court. Uh, Do you share the journal's concerns about Mueller's role here? I shared them from the beginning. Um, it's not only the stuff that, that the information coming out of and through the Clinton campaign going through the FBI. It's also that one of the key features that uh, sparked this investigation was the allegations that Jim Comey made against the president, saying that, in effect, what the president tried to do is to get him to call off the investigation of Flynn. And, you know, I don't know whether this is true or false, uh, but Kenneth Comey really discredited himself, I think, when the information about this connection was leaked through some Columbia Law School professor rather than being revealed publicly by Comey uh, when he made his own testimony before the uh, Congress. So my sense about it is he has to go out uh, because of his connections to Comey. These guys go back a very, very long way. In fact, I thought the whole episode was sort of sorry from the beginning. Um, If you know that you have somebody like Sessions who's in your campaign as an early supporter and that these all of these observations are flurring about and he could possibly be involved in him, the last thing you do is appoint this man as Attorney General of the United States, because you never appoint somebody who's going to have to recuse himself from a major part of his particular job. So he recuses himself. You get Rosenstein in, and this guy turns out also to be uh, somebody who is very active in FBI politics. He's the one who goes forward with this, and there are just too many FBI people around for my taste. So I actually thought he should have never been appointed in the first place. Uh, the other troublesome feature, I don't know for sure, but it seems to be the case, is that the people who are investigating this are all anti-Trump people. And generally speaking, if you're going to do something like this and you want to keep it legitimate and get public support behind it, you'd like the indictment team and the investigative team to be bipartisan. That doesn't seem to be the case here. I could be wrong, but at least nobody has pointed out to me who are the prominent Republicans or independents who are working on the Mueller team. So yes, I do not think that he should be running this. On the other hand, I think it would be absolutely catastrophic if the president tried to dump him at this particular point in time, not because he doesn't have the legal power, but because the political blowback would be unbearable and would completely mess up everything and anything that Trump is trying to do by way of a foreign policy agenda and most importantly as a legislative agenda. What about the other piece of this? Somewhat overshadowed in the press at least by Manafort, a gentleman by the name of George Papadopoulos who was a fairly junior level it seems foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign has pled guilty to lying to the FBI about contacts that he had with people who were supposedly intermediaries for Russian intelligence and they claim to be able to offer damaging information about Hillary Clinton, claim that they had some of her emails. Uh, Unlike Manafort, this is definitely more closely related to the underlying concern about the Russian influence in the 2016 election. How big a factor could this be? 
Well, I'm not a criminal lawyer, so I'm going to be a little bit cautious about all this and say, in effect, a lot of it depends upon the pieces that were not actually announced in this particular case. One of the things that happens in all of these foreign policy intrigues is everybody boasts to everybody else that they're more important than they really are. Uh, so if you've got somebody like Papadopoulos, he will go forward and say, I'm a big shot in the Trump administration. I could really deliver my boy to you. And then you've got the Russians, and they're trying to lead them on. So they claim that they're really big people. And so everybody's talking a grand game. And then when the information gets to Papadopoulos, the question is, where does it go from there? And what we'd have to see to make this go is it would go back not only to um, the Trump campaign, but actually to Trump himself. And more importantly, you would have to look not only at what was sent, but you'd have to also look back at the responses. And I gather there's a footnote somewhere in this indictment, correct me if I'm wrong, which says that most of the Trump people told him, little boy, shut up. This is not the kind of thing we want you to do. And of course, since he's only 30 years old at the time, not a Trump insider, uh, that has a certain degree of credibility. So unless you can establish the situation that, A, he was authorized by uh, Trump or his key supporters to initiate these conducts, and B, in the alternative, when he sent it back, they ratified his effort and tried to go forward with it, um, it seems to me that at this particular point the case is not proven. This doesn't mean that it's irrelevant to the indictment, doesn't mean in effect that they were wrong in this particular case to uh, get a guilty free from this guy. It seems to me that all of that stuff is actually true. But one has to be really careful, essentially, of what was going on in the indictment. First of all, the key thing to note here is everybody knew that Papadopoulos, before the indictment, had some contact with the Russians. If it had been a situation where he had no visible attachment and then all of a sudden that was shown, that would be a much greater departure from the status quo ante than what we have today. Uh, but it isn't that. In fact, what they did is they alleged that the time um, when he made these statements, he was working for the Trump campaign. It was not before, as he had alleged. That's a fact, and it obviously has some relevance to the case, but it's not the kind of bombshell that's going to blow you out of the office. And then the other stuff, essentially, is what he did is he lied about the importance of the people that he was working with, the professor and Putin's niece, whoever it was, and they claimed they were more important, and he claimed that he was more important. That kind of posturing is certainly indefensible, and it is, I think, a crime to say it to the FBI. But the issue is not whether his conduct is criminal. The issue for these purposes is what's Act 2 going to look like after this. I think Mueller is perfectly within his rights to say, I'm going to investigate this further. But my own sense about this is the same as it is with respect to Manafort. He's had this guy on a hook for a very long period of time. And at this particular point, uh, you've got three months, and if this is the best that you're going to come up with, what makes you think that there's going to be something else back there which he's holding back for another indictment? I tend to doubt that. It seems to me it would be improbable. I can't be sure about anything. Nobody can. But it seems to me that what we're really interested in now is not these two indictments, which I don't think will um, result in any kind of criminal action being brought against the president or his close associates. You want to know what's in those unsealed indictments or what else that Mr. Mueller has up his sleeve. And you can't comment on unsealed indictments because you're not supposed to know anything about them. And I can assure under oath that I do not. Richard, uh, David Rifkin and Lee Casey, two lawyers who are veterans of Republican administrations, just had a piece in the Wall Street Journal in which they argued that President Trump should issue a blanket pardon to everyone who may have been involved with Russian collusion during the election, anyone who might have been involved in the 
Obama-era arrangement for the Russians to acquire an American uranium company, both sides basically. Not they argue to let people off the hook, but because they say that there needs to be democratic accountability and these investigations need to happen via Congress rather than from a special prosecutor. Do you have any sympathy for that view? No. <laughs> um, it seems to me that generally speaking, if you give somebody a complete pardon and Congress afterwards comes up with a lot of dirt on these guys that justifies criminality, um, you can't prosecute because you've already pardoned them from all federal offenses. So if you want to run a congressional investigation and you've already pardoned everybody who's going to be the subject of it, whether Democrat or Republican, you haven't done anything. Uh, the second thing is when you're issuing pardons, it's something which the president has a plenary or prerogative power. He can do it or he cannot do it, and there's no formal checks on him in the Constitution. Uh, but this is such an enormous power that most presidents have actually institutionalized a set of checks on his particular discretion in the form of a pardon board. You send applications in, they're reviewed, they're examined, then they go up. It is a political disaster to avoid that kind of procedural type situation when you're doing it for something which is clearly a political motive. And somebody on the other side will say, well, it's okay for the president to, try, you know, to dismiss the charges against Hillary. She was never going to be sued anyhow. But against himself, that's a self-interested act. And uh, with respect to his cabinet, it's terrible. Nothing's going to be found out. I could not think of a worse thing to do under these circumstances than to do that. It's not an impeachable offense, but it seems to me if the president tries something as foolish as what's been suggested, he will be crippled for the rest of his administration. The correct thing to do is exactly the opposite. If you look at these two uh, situations with respect to Manafort and Papadopoulos, they don't at this point add up to anything. If the president insists, as he constantly has insisted, he's had nothing to do with the Russian campaign, the best thing he can do, notwithstanding the fact that he doesn't like Mr. Mueller, is to cooperate with that investigation. Well, let me then ask you as our final question today. Let's indulge a hypothetical for the moment. Let's say that this case yields nothing beyond what we've already seen, the indictments of Manafort and Gates, in this case with Papadopoulos. Will that have been worth the candle? Will it have been worth the appointment of the special prosecutor and all of the political drama that's accompanied this? Um, I think the answer to that question is no if what you're concerned is with the Trump administration. The one thing that is at this point quite unclear – which may turn out to be serious and may not, is the question about the extent to which the information generated earlier on in connection with the licenses that were given to these Russian companies with the approval of, amongst other, Hillary and Clinton was in fact the process of an influence game. You know, it's very tricky to make out because she's not the sole decision maker in this case. There's an elaborate committee on which she says that does it. But if she prepared some kind of report which had false information and circulated it to everybody else, that means that they they're not independent actors, and she becomes more responsible. I don't know whether anybody's going to investigate that, whether they think it's part of this particular situation. I do regard it as a fairly serious set of charges, particularly if it turns out that there was some kind of influence peddling along the way, including, for example, uh, you do this for us and we will allow Bill Clinton to speak for $500,000, a serious deathless words. At this particular point, there's nothing indictable there, but if you're going to investigate Papadopoulos to see where those connections lead, um, I think you probably want to investigate this one as well uh, to see exactly what's going to happen. It's a highly politicized charge. Uh, uh, the Republicans, I think, are rightly concerned about trying to protect 
from, from an investigation. The Democrats have no such qualms about protecting Hillary from a further investigation. Indeed, at this particular point, it seems to me that they will use whatever power they have of either legal maneuvers with inside the government or publicity maneuvers or political maneuvers in order to stop that from happening. Again, I'm just not in the position to do this, and I'll end on this note. I'm a professor of law. I'm not a professor of facts. And if you don't know what the facts are, what you do is you could talk about the possibilities. What you cannot talk about in a great deal of precision is the truth. All right. Thank you, Richard, and thank you to our listeners. Remember, you can find Richard's weekly column, The Libertarian, by visiting Defining Ideas at hoover.org, and you can also follow him on Twitter. That's at Richard A. Epstein. For Richard Epstein, I'm Troy Sennett. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of the Hoover Institution. For more information about our work, please visit hoover.org.